0: In 1984, Nike, which was then known as a running shoe company with a fledgling basketball division, came together with soon to be NBA rookie Michael Jordan, who'd been selected third overall by the Chicago Bulls out of North Carolina in that year's draft. The micro result was the Air Jordan 1 a shoe worn by MJ during his second season that drew the ire of the league for violating its 51% rule, essentially for wearing shoes that weren't white enough. Sometimes jokes write themselves. The macro result is a little more difficult to quantify, but needless to say, basketball and the shoe culture have never been the same. How this deal came together is the subject of Air, the new movie directed by and starring Ben Affleck. The film is the first time Affleck has co-starred with his lifelong friend Matt Damon since Goodwill Hunting. Affleck plays Nike head Phil Knight, while Damon is Sonny Vaccaro, the godfather of the shoe culture that exists in basketball, who on top of bringing MJ and Nike together, came up with the idea of paying college basketball coaches and their teams to wear his company's shoes back in the 1970s. If the cast list ended with Affleck and Damon, that would be impressive on its own but that's only the tip of the iceberg. Their co-stars include Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, Jason Bateman, and EGOT winner Viola Davis, one of 18 people to have ever won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. A secondary storyline of this film is that it is the first title released under Affleck and Damon's new production company, Artist Equity, which is looking to shake up the standard filmmaking pay structure in place in Hollywood by increasing the monetary worth of those crucial figures behind the scenes, when a movie is a financial success. AIR premiered at this year's South by Southwest Film Fest, serving as the festival's closing night movie prior to the screening i had the pleasure of speaking about these topics and more with that mind-blowing list of actors but the conversation started with the film's writer and chicago native alex convery hi i'm trey alex nice to meet you man pleasure to meet you alex uh congratulations i understood from uh doing a little bit of a pre-interview in terms of a conversation with your wife you're a chicago guy so uh this is a, a big moment for you what was uh
1: One of the most enjoyable elements of getting to tell the story that you do in air. Well, look, I'm a Chicago kid. I grew up in the early '90s, so uh, Jordan and the Bulls are, uh, you know, my life in a lot of ways. Unfortunately, I still root for the Bulls, which has been miserable, but uh, that's a whole nother story. Um, so, you know, to me, it was like you could never tell the Jordan biopic. You know, he's like too big of a figure. We have The Last Dance. You have all the old footage. So is is there a way to tell, you know, kind of the story behind the story, um, which I think this is in a lot of ways. And I mean, literally, it was just watching The Last Dance. I was locked up in my apartment like everyone during covid and that two minute little clip about the nike story and how much you're, you know how adidas and and uh, and converse kind of made these tactical missteps i was like man this is such a movie it just is so um, you know went out on a limb and 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 wrote it and you know here we are well congrats on that and obviously this movie is a big deal for a number of reasons
0: including this being the very first movie released under uh, artist equity which is uh, ben and matt's company uh, why is this such an important issue in hollywood and why is this the
1: right first movie to release under that label? Well, look, I mean, we could go into hours on that discussion. Ben and Matt's idea behind artist Equity, to me, as an artist, is super inspiring. They want to invest back in the people who are actually making the movies. And look, streaming has changed the entire business and Ben's recognizes that. He's a great businessman. He knows how these things work. Um, So he's trying to upend everything. And then, you know, for the first movie, I think kind of the entrepreneurial spirit that's in this movie and the underdog nature of it. One, that's a lot of what I was feeling at the time as, you know, just a writer who never gotten anything made and trying to make it. And then, you know, Ben and Matt setting out to, to create this new company. I think it just like, it emblemizes a lot of, kind of everything that's going on with them and and me. And uh, so, yeah, I just think it's, uh, it kind of spoke to all of us in the same way. As Ben let everybody know in that Hollywood Reporter interview a couple of days ago,
0: he did ask for MJ's blessing before making this movie. Do you know if Michael has actually
1: seen this film already? You know, I don't know that, but I, I will say uh, that was one of the mo- most like nerve wracking 24 hours of my life was when it was Ben's going to meet Michael. He wants his blessing for the movie. If Michael doesn't give his blessing, it's not happening, because obviously we're not going to make the movie unless Michael says it's okay. Um, And, you know, Ben... Hearing Ben tell me the story of that conversation, it's like, again, as a Bulls diehard and a Michael Jordan diehard, it was like, holy crap, um, it's special, you know? Again, you can't do this movie without his input and his blessing, so we're lucky to have it. Obviously,
0: MJ is the basketball goat. A lot of people like to argue that LeBron is either number one or number two, and that's fine. My question, though, based on that debate is, who is number three
1: basketball goat? Well, look, I think with LeBron breaking the scoring record, there is a lot of conversation about Kareem again, and I, it's tough. It's you. What do you value? Do you value stats? Do you value championships? You know. I, do you value longevity, which I think is a big argument for LeBron. So I don't know. It's hard. I, I would probably put Kareem or, or, or Bird third. Um, You're saying that just because of Ben and Matt, aren't you? Well, look, it was funny making the movie because the Celtics were playing in the finals while we were shooting, and another producer on the movie, Peter Goober, owns the Warriors so there was a little like tension every day as that series was progressing which was uh definitely fun to see awesome well congrats once again and thank you so much for the time
0: yeah pleasure next up is actor chris messina if you don't recognize the name you will almost certainly recognize the face messina plays legendary super agent david falk Hi, Chris. I'm Trey. Nice to meet you. What's your your name? My name is Trey. Trey. Chris. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, Pleasure to meet you as well. Congratulations on being here. As uh, somebody who's obviously made uh, a lot of good stories over time, what is it that you appreciate and enjoy about the story being told in air?
2: You know, I think it's a really inspiring story. It's uh, filled with a huge heart and lots of laughs. You know, Ben has a history with Argo of telling stories uh, that we know the ending to, and yet making them uh, tense and compelling and moving, uh, which is uh, super hard to do. So to do it with this group, um, Viola Davis, Jason Bateman, Matt Damon, Chris Tucker, Yeah, it's it's kind of a dream.
0: You play David Falk, and anybody who didn't grow up in the 80s, well, they may not realize just how big he was during that time. But he also had a uh, pretty legendary dome as well. Maybe not as famous as Michael Jordan's, yeah. but he was a bald guy. So, did you shave the head? Did you go bald cap? What happened? You know, we tried. We tried that on. Um, we were we were just about to take
2: the hair back and and try different versions of it. Um, and I, I was doing a camera test with wardrobe, and Ben stopped me and said, "I want. I think you should slick back your hair. I don't think we should do the bald cap. I think this should have a." Mike, uh, uh, Michael Douglas kind of Wall Street look so um, yeah the only thing uh, David Falk and I have in common is we're both from Long Island he's taller than me, he has a lot less hair than me, and a lot a lot smarter than me. Really, really, really intelligent man. Um, changed the game. Changed the game uh, of sports branding. So, um, But this is this is kind of uh, my interpretation of finding the essence of David Falk. It's not um, me mimicking him. It's not a
0: one-to-one. No. no. Well, well, hey, regardless, congratulations, uh, and thank you so much for the thanks, time. Thanks, man. Nice to meet you. You know Chris Tucker from Friday, the Rush Hour franchise, and Silver Linings Playbook. Tucker has been extremely selective of his roles throughout his career, with air being his first film role since 2016. In this movie, Tucker plays Howard White, a Nike exec who wasn't a part of the original script until Michael Jordan himself emphasized White's importance in this story to Affleck. Hi, I'm Trey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm
3: doing great. You sleep from Australia? No,
0: I'm from Austin, very, very close to Australia. But. I know,
3: I thought you said, hey, I'm Australian. That's what I thought you said.
0: No. You know what, I kind of wish I was from Australia at times, but I'm from right here in Austin. I'll say is not a bad place. Yeah, it's it's not. Welcome to our city, and uh, congratulations on this film. It was interesting in reading Ben's Hollywood Reporter interview uh, from a couple of days ago for a couple of reasons. One, Howard White wasn't in the initial script, and talking to Michael Jordan allowed that portion of the story to be told. Why was it important for the character that you are playing to uh, end up as part of the story being told in air? Well, Michael... Uh, uh, well,
3: well, Howard White was his like uh, appoint appointee, you know, uh, and he started the whole thing, you know. Before Tiger and all these guys, they appointed Howard White to Michael, cause Michael was coming out of college. He was 19 years old, 18 years old. He was a kid, and Howard was a little older, and he had uh, he, he's matured his basketball uh, days. He kind of gave him up. He blew out his knee in high school and college, so he knew the game. He was all American, and he was uh, a you know college great, college player, but he blew out his knee, and he did so many like great honorable things like you know teaching the guy who took his position how to play that position better and um that's actually the guy who uh kinda kinda t- uh, told him about Nike and how he got his job but so um what was the question again good god I forgot it. Uh
0: why Howard White was important to the
3: Oh so he was his, he was he was a mentor uh, Michael he was a mentor to Michael he was older he was like his uh, like i said uh chaperone kind of at, at a point uh, and then um, he he just helped a lot of players. Moses Malone, he recruited Moses Malone in college uh, to uh, Maryland for like one day or something like that, anyway, pro. And then he represented Barkley and so many players. So he had so much experience and uh, he helped Michael maneuver, man, as a kid, you know, uh, and all that pressure and, and keep stuff away from him and uh, all, you know, off the off the court, you know, stuff like that. So very, very important. So Michael wanted uh, this character, uh, Howard White, in the movie because of that, because he's not. You know, if you're gonna do a movie about Nike, you gotta have Howard White in there.
0: Makes sense. And Ben was also very complimentary of your writing skills in that interview and uh, said that you were crucial in providing the proper voice for the film itself. Is there something that you recall from the conversations you guys were having about that, that you're uh, glad ends up making the final cut or is so influential on the collective voice in air? Well, I gotta give it... Credit to Howard White because he man gave me he was so gracious to let me
3: talk to him for hours on the phone get so many so much information about Nike about old players like when he represented Carl Malone and 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 uh, Moses Moses not Karl Malone Moses Malone I'm sorry Moses Malone and Charles Barkley and all these players uh, and the, and so many people from his childhood I talked to and I knew I knew him uh, more than I ever knew him before so it was a lot of great it, I, he. Was so gracious man I, I owe it all to howard white i gotta be honest with
0: you chris thank you so much for the time congratulations on everything yeah, and i appreciate it thank you thank you next up is jason bateman who plays nike exec rob strasser hi. hi i'm trey hi trey pleasure to meet you. you thank you so much for the time what's that yes ESPN in yeah, austin uh, so, uh, congratulations on being here. You're obviously somebody who has established yourself as a adept storyteller in front of the cameras, behind the cameras as well. So, what is it that you enjoy about the story being told in air? I, I, I mean, I, I was surprised how much I didn't know about
4: the biggest business deal and cultural deal maybe ever. I don't know. Uh, you know this. This arrangement between Michael Jordan as a rookie and and Nike, this sort of running shoe company and and what they hoped to build and what they ended up building, you know, it's a very intimate part of everybody's life, the, 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 this, this this air joy, like we all have it in our closet, we all wear it, like you you forget that there was a start to that, and what were those conversations, and what were the risks, what were the, uh, the sort of nervous decisions that were being made, and um, it, it, I'm surprised that it made such a compelling movie, Ben did a really great job with it.
0: And uh, Matt and Ben are obviously releasing this as the first title under their artists, uh, Artist Equity Production Company. Um, why is this such an important issue in Hollywood, and why is this uh, a good first movie to release under that new model? Well, I'm not going
4: to put you to bed and, uh, with uh, all of my sort of thoughts about what's important about their their uh, their, their business thing, but. Um, uh, they're both very, very smart. Um, their ideas about sort of the the economic model of their company is great for everyone. Um, and Ben can give you the details on on that if you're interested. If you if you're if you got enough coffee in you, um, but uh, this this movie made a lot of sense for their model just based on. There was basically one location and it was all very contained you could do it for a for a pretty low budget um, and then distribute the you know the the rest of the money to everyone else that's making it and so it just it just made sense
0: well hey thank you so much for the time today thank you. congratulations on this film from one resident smartass to another thanks a lot man really thanks, thank thanks thanks a lot we gotta stick together And now, the legendary Viola Davis and her husband, Julius Tenen. Julius is an Austin native that you might remember as Mr. Payne from the 1993 Linklater classic, Dazed and Confused. In air, Viola and Julius play Michael Jordan's parents, Dolores and James. Hi, y'all. I'm Trey. Hi, Craig. How you doing? I'm Trey, Trey. Oh, Trey. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. Yeah, on, Trey. Yeah. Pleasure to meet y'all. Uh, real quick, Julius. Uh, how different a town is this from the one that you shot Daisy Confused in 30 years ago? I'm telling you, man, it's incredible. You know, I come home every year and
5: it's just still growing and it's changed quite a bit. And every once in a while you see something that looks familiar, but it's truly changing, still changing. And But I think it's for the better. I really, really do. You know, we used to be a little bit more sleepy, but I still think we have that homegrown hospitality because it's Texas. But I think we, we kind of upped the ante on the Cosmo it's appeal. It's a great city. It's a great city. It really is. Yeah.
0: Love that answer there, and uh, for y'all, as uh, as two people who have uh, done a great job of telling stories over the years, what is it that you enjoy about the story being told in Air? It's just a terrific story, and it's a story, you know what's so unbelievable is the magnificence and greatness of Air Jordan and what that brand right. means, but the simplicity of the story that is behind it. It's just about a whole bunch of people who dared to dream. Just a whole bunch of regular people who just dared to have a vision and just
3: went forward. Right.
5: And a mother and a mother and a father who mm. really supported their son and believed in his vision and fiercely protected him. Yep. You know but then brokered the all-time deal of all-time deals, and it
0: changed a a generation
5: uh, of of players and and, and culture.
0: I'll spare you the pressure of playing the role, but based on Michael Jordan asking for you in particular, I did want to ask one final question about artist Equity, which has obviously been in Matt's company, and this is the very first movie being released under that. Why is artist Equity such an important issue in Hollywood, and why is this a great first movie to roll that new model out with? Well, I think that we're increasingly in a business that can kill the artists you know there's art and then there's the business and sometimes we get caught up in box office opening weekend, um, who's making more money, first class trailers, and we forget about the work and what's required to do great work. And we need those sort of champions to get back to that—that okay. that those great, that great movie making that is just is about
3: just great stories. And that's,
5: who, that's who Matt and Ben are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're freewheeling. They they have great. They're great folks They're great crew and it was just so much fun (laughs) because you know you have fun on these things but do you really have fun on this one it was truly fun and so professional these guys are the best
0: and now we have matt damon who plays visionary shoe exec sonny (laughs) vaquero Uh, Hi, I'm Trey. Hi, Trey. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you tonight? Good, man. Great. Cool. Well, uh, congratulations on making this project. Congratulations on, or, and welcome to Austin, rather. So, uh, for you as somebody who has obviously made a bunch of great stories over the time, what is something that you love about the story being told in air? You know, Trey, it was that,
6: uh, it was like the movies that made us fall in love with movies when we were younger. like the stuff we've written, like Goodwill Hunting and stuff, like like, it's more about the writing and the acting and uh, less about the kind of pyrotechnics or uh, the action set pieces or anything like that. It, it's really just a movie about people, and that's what we grew up watching and really liking. It's what made us want to be actors, and uh, and that's what I really like about this movie. This is like an old-fashioned movie movie, and and so it'll be interesting to see, like, you know. We made it for Amazon, um, and what's cool is, like, we never could have made a theatrical movie with this script. They Nobody would have made that, but, like, we made it for a streamer, and they looked at it, and they were like, no, we're putting this out in the theater, so that's a really cool development for us, and I hope I hope it means that people are coming back to the theaters, and,
0: and, 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 and we'll come back for movies like this. Sonny Vaquero is a legendary figure in the world of basketball and shoes, long before the MJ Nike thing. I mean, He's the reason why his shoes got introduced at the college game on a team-wide level. Uh, obviously, this isn't a one-to-one performance here. But what was the key in making sure you got Sonny Vaccaro correct?
6: Well, talking to Sonny, I think what he really wanted to me to get and for us to get was the spirit around this time and how much these guys cared about each other. Because you know, famously, after this movie, take the timeline of this movie stops. A lot of this stuff descended into acrimony, and, and Sonny got fired, you know, all this stuff. Like, And Sonny was like, don't... Like, you have... You have to understand how joyful this time was for us. And and so that's really the spirit
0: in which, you know, the spirit we wanted to kind of recapture, and it's a feel-good movie. And uh, Ben obviously talked a couple days ago to The Hollywood Reporter about artist equity and the importance in trying to disrupt the model that's been in place for so long in Hollywood. Uh, why is it such an important issue to you personally, and why is this the best first movie to release under this new model? Well, we uh,
6: there's kind of an archaic economic model in place that we're trying to upset, you know? And and what that means is that the people who really make your movie good, um, who have been, like, woefully underpaid for a long time, in success do much better in the model that we're kind of proposing. So it worked really well on this movie, and this was a good first movie to do it on... For a lot of reasons, like the architecture of it, you know, it's you know there weren't a lot of locations, right? Like a lot of the things that can run your budget up, big company moves and things like that. You know, a lot of it was 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 centered around one place, and um, there were a lot of long scenes. Um, you know, typically in a movie you'll shoot like at most like a scene that's two pages long. Like when we wrote Good Will Hunting, people were like you can't make this movie. There are all these scenes that are five pages. And we were like, no, no, it'll work. <laughs> really, if the scenes are good, it'll work. And this script was built very much the same way where, you know, if you show up for work and you have a seven page scene with Viola Davis, well, guess what? You start working at seven in the morning and by 11 you've done the best thing in your career and like you're done with the seven pages and so you're like, well, what I'm not going to go home. Nobody's had lunch. Like, so let's shoot something else and so so, because of the way it was built, we were able to move really quickly without rushing, um, and really empower all of our department heads to um, do their best work, but also to control their own budgets, and and everybody won at the end. So it was a, a very, a, it worked very well. So just we're, this is what we're going to try to keep replicating, so that, you know, so that we can we can make great movies. Like that's first above the line, like well, like a like the headline has to be we want to make the best movies possible, but we want to make them really smartly and. Effective and we want everybody to share in their success so
0: when are the fucker decision makers gonna realize that good dialogue is good dialogue you know I know but nobody
6: trusts it you know so you know so you do it the reverse way you make the movie and then you have them go hey
0: let's put it out in theaters like well that's fine with us seems brilliant to me and I'm uh, wishing you guys the best of luck with that model congratulations on this film thanks Trey appreciate it and finally Ben Affleck Hi, I'm Trey. What's going on? What up? All right. Hey. Welcome to Austin. Congratulations on Welcome getting back. this film made. Thank you very Welcome much. Welcome back. How different a city is this from uh, the one that you shot Days of Confused in 30? Well, the
7: Crest Hotel is not here anymore, which is where we uh, did a lot of damage to the rooms. Maybe that's why it's not here anymore. But it's, you know, I love Terrence Mallett. I'm Rob Rodriguez is a spectacular guy, and and Rick Linkletter is wonderful, and I've worked with all like so I feel like I feel like I could get like an honorary citizenship to filmic uh, Austin for uh, getting my ticket punched by those three masters, and I. Each of them taught me an enormous amount, and in a lot of ways informed what this movie is, but this movie wants to inspire and move people. This is a movie meant to be enjoyed, meant to make you feel good, not cheesy, it's not fake, it's funny, it's alive, but it's nakedly optimistic. And I felt like that's something that that I wanted to say right now, and I feel like it's a great place to say that. This is a festival where people love what they're here to do. They have fun. It's not coming here to see or be seen or hustle or sell. People are here to enjoy it and enjoy what's, what's being created. And I love that spirit.
0: In the spirit of that, because this is the very last question being asked on the very last red carpet, at what I consider to be the world's greatest festival. This is a question I've asked on all 23 red carpets up to this point, ironic number I know, considering that we're talking air right now. South by Southwest every year operates on themes, and one of the themes this year is the continued convergence of humans and technology, which I think if we get that shit right, Ben, it turns into something akin to the Jetsons, but if it goes wrong, it turns into something along the lines of Terminator 2. In that worst case scenario, Man versus machine, which side are you on? Team human or team robot? Uh,
7: I think there is a very strong, you know, it's funny, we think of the robots as other, but we're creating them. We're building them, and we're building them in our own image. i have often thought of this technology as just a mirror of ourselves. If you look at the way, for example, a computer works, it actually mimics the human brain: short-term memory, long-term memory, uh, individual processes versus like this multiple uh, simultaneous processing. I mean, now there's multiple cores, but you know, it's it's it has it's a visual, audio, uh, you know, auditory experience. And we're we're building these things to help us, and yet we kind of feel inherently threatened by them. I would say the one thing that this movie speaks to about that is this is the first time that that um, the idea that a person could be a brand was ever raised. Before this movie, you know, it was, brands were, you know, Cheerios and Sears and Goodyear. That was, those were cereal and tires. And then it was like, now we take for granted because of technology has asked us to say, like, put your brand out there. What's your brand? What's your your sort of identity out to the world that's separate and apart on, on social media and I think that question is just as interesting as your um, kind of four horsemen of the apocalypse question, which is like, that can be a great thing. It can be a democratizing thing, but it can also be a dangerous, scary, polarizing
0: thing. Ultimately, I think humans win out on both fronts. God damn, what a great, thank you. Congrats. Thanks to Gentleman Jesus for the intro and outro music. Hear more of his work at GentlemanJesus.com. And thanks to you for tuning in. For more of the show and to connect on social media, visit booksonpod.com. We'll talk to you next time on Books on Pod.